0: Here at Westridge Church, our sole purpose and desire is to lead people on a life-changing journey to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Thank you for deciding to join us in worship through one of our messages. We pray this message will be supplemental to your daily commitment to Jesus. To find out more about Westridge Church or to connect with us, check us out at westridge.com. This is Vision Sunday. And uh, I love these Sundays because I get a chance to celebrate what God has done in the past year, but I also get a chance to talk about some new initiatives that we want to tackle in this next year, and I also get a, talk, a chance to talk about some goals uh, that we've set for a chur- as a church, and, and then I'm just going to challenge you, uh, I'm going to challenge your socks off if I could to, uh, to jump in, to take some next, next steps to get involved in what God's doing here at Westridge Church. And as I said a moment ago, if you're here uh, for the very first time, this is not a normal Sunday at Westridge Church. But uh, if you're visiting and you're trying to figure out what this church is all about, it's a great Sunday to be here. So you picked a great Sunday to hang out with us this morning. Take a few moments and I want to just celebrate what God did in 2014 because it was really a a miraculous year. Um, We had 610 people Uh, in our services, uh, put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be their Savior, which was real exciting. We've we've now, now, uh, over 17 and a half years, we've now seen over 5,000 people uh, put their faith and trust in Christ uh, in one of our services, whether it was at Vaughn Elementary School or East Paulding High School or here uh, in this building, and that's just been exciting. This past year, we had 1,234 first-time guests, uh, that, that walked in our doors, which um, which just means you're doing your job. You're bringing you're bringing your friends to church, um, and it's just been great to see that happen. We grew in attendance this past year by seven and uh, by seven percent, which uh, when you have a church that's seventeen and a half years old, that's pretty miraculous because most of the time when you get over ten years old, churches start going on the decline. Uh, we're still we're still reaching people, which I love. Our student ministry area grew by seventeen percent. Our kids ministry area grew by five percent. This is awesome. Our giving increased by 9% per person, which really is amazing uh, as a church. <clears throat> Nearly 9,400 people uh, attended our Easter services. It was the second highest attendance we'd ever had uh, in our history. Uh, all of our children and adults, um, well actually all of our children and students are in small groups. But uh, over 1,100 of you as adults are also in small groups and it's brought our number up to about 62%. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Uh, We've added 272 brand-new volunteers to what we're now calling Team Westridge. 272 people have jumped on board and become part of Team Westridge. Um, Our surge camp, which is our uh, kids' camp, when we started that thing five years ago, we had about 400 kids coming. This past year, we had over 1,300 kindergarten through fifth grade uh, students attend. Uh, Over 400 volunteers. It was a great, great week. Uh, community Makeover, which is a, a weekend that we set aside every sun, uh, every summer, to just get outside this building and just love on the people of our community, to tackle some projects that need to be done. Uh, we had eleven churches involved. We had over a, a thousand Westridges, uh, you guys involved. Uh, we did one hundred and twelve different projects uh, just uh, in our church alone. It's an awesome, awesome summer. Uh, our hope for Christmas, which is what we did uh, back in December, our opportunity to engage uh, folks who are struggling during the Christmas season. Uh, we, we helped over 1,500 families, uh, 4,300 children we were able to minister to, 8,000 people, uh, 1,900 uh, 1, of you got involved in that, in that opportunity. We were able to get nine other churches in the Atlanta area. To partner with us, which really blew the numbers just right out of the water, uh, much bigger than what I just even told you, and uh, as well as nine or uh, four other churches from out of state that joined us this past year in Hope for Christmas. So, Hope for Christmas, which started off as just a, this little idea, has turned into this amazing thing that's starting to spread uh, out, even outside of the state of Georgia. This past year, uh, we started a new outreach endeavor for our local local schools, our elementary schools, called Treasure Quest. And uh, we are now in seven different elementary schools in our area. And this past year, um, outside of the 610 I mentioned earlier, we were able to see two, over 200 elementary school students in our community pray to receive Christ to be their Savior, which is really an awesome thing. Just something I'm excited about. Um, we, had, we had a chance to get over 200 couples in our church um, involved in marriage counseling, which to me... Just, you know, when you have stronger marriages, you have stronger families, which creates a stronger community. Uh, we have a, an awesome ministry here at Westridge called Breakaway. It's one of my favorite things that we do. And uh, 10 times a year, we set aside an entire Saturday to minister to children and young adults with special needs. Uh, we average about 85 every time we do it. And it just gives the parents of these kids an opportunity to take a day to rest, to do whatever they want it to do. But it gives us an opportunity to just minister and bless these kids. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment as well. We launched our young adults ministry in September, um, averaging be- between 50 to 100 students every Sunday night when they meet. We have seven new small groups that have, have come out of that. I sh- we had a chance to speak in there a few weeks ago, and I told Brad Chandler, it's probably the healthiest expression of a young adults ministry that we've ever attempted here at Westridge Church. And uh, I'm, I'm real excited about what God's doing in that area. Um, global partners. Global um, partners. I asked Kevin Dunlap this past year, I said, I want you to go back over 17 and a half years and I want want you to find who has left our church and out of a calling and is now serving overseas. They see Westridge as a place they grew up and we sent them out even though we may not have celebrated, we may not even know they're there. And he identified um, 11 couples and one single adult who are serving in 11 different countries all over the world. And this past year, we were able to pull them all together, many of them, most of them, I should say, and just embrace them and love on them. We also have uh, one couple and three single uh, who are currently serving overseas in short-term missions opportunities. And I love that because it means that over the years, we've become a sending church. Um, In Guatemala, as you know, a few years ago, we adopted a little village called Guaycon del Paso. 2013, we were able to provide the entire village with fresh water. This past year, we were able to build a church there. Uh, We were able to to rebuild a home and uh, and to put several uh, VBS experiences on uh, throughout the summer. It was an amazing year. All of that, much of that, happened as a result of something that we started in November 2013 called the What If Experiment, which was really a generosity experience, which which just started off with a question: What if we could give and be so generous that we were able to shock the world with generosity and to put God on display? And as a result of your faithfulness, so much of what I just talked about happened. But I just want to talk just nuts and bolts of finances just for just a moment so that you can understand the impact that was made. $134,000 was put back into our, you know, just our ministry budget, kids' ministry, students' ministry, small groups, just our, the things that we do here for life care. Uh, we were able to give an additional $264,000 to some of our outreach endeavors, things that we wouldn't have been able to do without your, your generosity. Um, we were able to contribute over $38,000 back into Surge Camp, back into Rush Camp, which is our camp we do every summer for our kids at Daytona Beach. We helped support Iraqi Christians and even uh, Syrian Christian refugees who were, who were fleeing from, from the, uh, the onslaught of, of ISIS. And we were able to, to, to help just support them and help them to live for several months as they were uh, fleeing for safety. Uh, We've been able to bless people like we've never been able to do before. As you know, um, one of our young ladies that sings here on stage, Jamie Lynn uh, Sparkman, um, she recently was was married and her husband Chris last year was shot uh, in in a very tragic situation uh, over at, uh, um, I think it was FedEx. And uh, we were able to bless them uh, with a brand new chair that he could sit in comfortably and uh, just bless them in several other ways. a guy named Steve Farr, we showed you this video before Christmas, who was just completely uh, crippled. And we were able to partner with a local hospital in our area and to give this guy a brand new hip. And, uh, but we were able to do all of that because you, as a church, we just were able to, to just blow people away with generosity. We are also able to, to, to pay down an additional $150,000 of building debt, which is really important to me and I know important to a lot of you. In January 1996... I was a 30-year-old young dad, young husband, and I found myself on the floor of the Georgia Dome, face down, nose into the pavement at a Promise Keepers Pastors Conference. And while I was down there, God put a verse on my heart. Joshua 3.5 says this, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow God will do amazing things among you. And I want you to know that that moment completely changed my life. The word consecrate means to set yourself apart. Consecration demands full devotion. It's surrendering all of you to all of him. Mark Batterson in his great book, All In, defines consecration as going all in and all out for the all in all. And that moment on the Georgia Dome floor, it wasn't a moment where I I thought, okay, I'm gonna try harder, I'm gonna do better. No, it wasn't a moment like that at all. It was a moment where I basically surrendered all of me to all of God, and I gave God a blank check with my life, and I just said to him, you fill this out however you want, and out of that moment, out of a lot of prayer, not a lot of conversations, in June 1997, Amy and I, with a two-year-old little boy named Taylor, who's now almost 20 years old, along with three other families, we moved here to start Westridge Church. Everybody teased us for moving to Dallas, Georgia. Nobody wanted to move to Paulding County, except for us, It was almost like Nazareth. Nothing good can come out of this area. We feel like God put this church and this community, not just to change a region, but to literally change the world. And our mission statement reads this way. Our mission statement reads this way. We're here to lead people on a life-changing journey to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. A few years ago, our staff leadership team and our elders, we decided to add the words fully devoted to that mission statement because we wanted to describe the kind of follower of Jesus Christ that is reflected in Scripture. It was our best way, our best attempt of kicking apathy straight in the teeth and raising the bar of what we felt like God wanted us to do around here in regards to the way that we made disciples. When you talk about, when you walk into our building, you come into the atrium, however you come into this building, you can't miss four big words plastered across the balcony uh, wall. Love, grow, serve, and share. And I want to take a few moments and I want to talk about those words. We're called to full devotion to follow Christ in the way that we love, the way that we love God and the way that we love others, the way that we grow, how we pursue spiritual maturity, the way that we serve, the way that we, we use our spiritual gifts to actually serve other people, and the way that we share, the way that we share the gospel of Jesus Christ in our community, in our nation, in our world. Here's the deal. We are called to a journey, and we call Love, Grow, Serve, Share our life change journey. And we believe that God has called us to be totally committed to a personal journey, to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, all in, all out, for the all in all. Now, with all of that, with everything I just said, 2014 behind us, I want to press in to 2015, And I want to talk about what I believe that God wants to do in this church. And I want to challenge you to join us in some areas. I love celebrating the past, but I love even more looking forward to the future. Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, here's how he laid out his own looking into the future. He said this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, he says, I press on. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to tell you, I love that little phrase, press on. And it's time for us as a church, I mean, I love 2014, but it's time for us to press into a new year with some new dreams, some new vision of what God may want to do here in this next year at Westridge Church. It's time for us to press into 2015. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says that where there is no vision, the people perish. I love the way the the message writes that. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. How many of you remember, um, maybe you had one, but how many of you remember the old Polaroid cameras? Um, You took a picture of someone, you actually pulled the picture out of the camera. And you pulled a little strip off and you kind of shook it, all right? Shake it like a Polaroid picture. And then you, I know my music, all right? Then, then, you, and then you, you just watched, the, it was like the image was revealed to you, all right? I want, to, I want to tell you this, I don't claim to have dreams and visions, all right? I just don't, all right? I know some pastors do, I don't. But over time, as I follow God, I just know that he reveals to me what he wants me to do, and then I have to make a choice whether or not I'm going to follow him or not. I'm what you would call a Polaroid visionary, I never say, because I've done this in the past way too many times, I never say anymore, God, here's what I'm doing. Come bless what I'm doing. Uh-uh. In other words, I've changed it now to where I say, God, show me what you're doing and I will join you there. Lord, you reveal to me what it is you want me to do. And as you lead, I will follow you. And that's how this church kind of, to be honest, with you, that's kind of how we roll. Now, here's where I want to sp- spend the remaining time uh, this morning. I'm going to look ahead, I'm going to give you some idea of where I feel we're headed as a church, but I also want to challenge you with a few things. Now, obviously, I don't have time to share all of the things that we're planning on doing, but I do want to share some highlights. So as we look ahead into 2015, I want you to take out your pen and paper, and I want you to write a few things down, and I'm going to break it down by love, grow, serve, share. Just in the area of love, write the word love down, all right? I want to ask that you would just get to a place in your life where you love God with full devotion. And I want you to write down the words faith and obedience. You know this, and I've told you this many times, and hopefully, hopefully you know it, just not because I've said it, because, but just you know it. I love you, all right? I love you as a people. I love you as a church. I'm honored to be your pastor. But some of you are just living anemic Christian lives. And here's why. Not enough faith and just not, an o- not enough obedience. And as a result of that, There's just way too much sin, way too much self, way too much unbelief, and way too much dysfunction. And I just look at that and I go, just think what could happen if we actually looked at God's word and we believed with all of our hearts that this book was totally true. Think of how radically it would change our lives. Depending on how many people you ask, there are over 5,000 to 7,000 promises in God's word. What if we just lived as if we believed a few of them? Think of how that could change your life. What if we actually obeyed the commands that God has for us in his word? Think of how that would actually change your life. Think that how it could change your family. Think of that, how it would change our, commu- our church and our community. You know, vision is, is great to throw out, but it takes the faith of God's people to make this stuff happen. We have to have faith to invest our time, to invest our resources, to invest our lives to make vision become reality. On the other hand, We could dream all day long. We could share vision all day long. We could talk about goals all day long and have faith to to, to see great things happen. But if we're not gonna be obedient to what God's calling us to do, it just doesn't make a hill of beans because obedience trumps vision. But listen, if you take faith, if you take obedience and you put them together, I wanna tell you, you have a powerful combo. Here's a promise that God made to Israel. Isaiah chapter one, verse 19, he says, if you are willing, if you have faith, and you have obedience, he said, you will eat the best from the land. Listen, Jesus came into this world to take ordinary people and to transform them into powerful beings that could change the world around them. But we've ended up, we've ended up with way too many world conformers instead of world transformers. And as a result of that, we live in a broken society. And my challenge to all of you in this next year is let's love God with full devotion. I don't know if you know this, but in the Gospels, full devotion to Christ was actually normal. It was not out of the box. It wasn't radical. It was normal. We've called it. We've renamed it radical. Uh-uh. Back then, it was normal. Second thing, let's, let us continue to embrace what God is doing in our community. A few years ago, I told you that it was time that our church started becoming a better reflection of the diversity in our community. And if you were here on the the times that I've spoken about this, one time in particular, I'm going to tell you exactly what I said to you. We as a church are too white. That's exactly what I said. Now, if you've noticed over the last couple years, our stage has changed a bit, our elder team has changed a bit, our staff is changing slowly, our crowd is beginning to change. And I love it. But I want to tell you something it's hard work, and it doesn't happen overnight. And I know this, Satan fights against it. And a, lot, and a lot of long-term church people don't necessarily like it on both sides of the tracks. But I want to tell you something. If it's going to continue to happen in this church, we have to learn to love each other. We have to learn, to learn, we have to learn from each other. We have to understand each other. We have to forgive one another. We have to keep talking, and we have to change the culture. Racism is not a new thing it has had a stronghold on this community for years but i truly believe that we've been called to partner with god to tear down that stronghold in this community to push against that sin and to just continue to continue to shine light into that darkness my dream my dream you know as long as I'm here and long after I'm gone, is that th- we will continue to take steps to reflect the diversity of our community regardless of what opposition we face. Third thing, we we we've, we've got, we must learn to be grace givers. In his book, great book, What's So Amazing About Grace, Philip Yancey t- makes the case that grace separates Christianity from every other religion. I would agree with that. For Christians, there's, there's no working your way to God, Yancey says. No perfection by achievement. Just a God who loves you enough to see you through Jesus-covered glasses. That's a great picture of God's vertical grace, and I love that. God's saving grace is available to anyone who would receive it by faith, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. However, a few weeks ago, I had an opportunity to speak to our high schoolers on a Wednesday night. And I talked about God's horizontal grace and the difference between being a grace killer and a grace giver. And the question that I asked our high schoolers and I want to ask you this morning is this. Are you someone that pours life into people or are you someone that sucks life out of people? All right? And I made the case to our, hopefully made the case to our high schoolers that Jesus poured life into people. He was the ultimate grace givers. But the religious of that day, what did they do? They sucked life out of people. They sucked grace out out of people. And my dream for all of us, my dream for me every time I stand on this stage is this, that we would be grace givers. My prayer for all of you is that your talk, the things that you put on social media from here on out, the things that you, that you your interactions with each other, your, just your life reflects a grace that has been given to you that you don't deserve, that you would, all of us would truly become grace givers. When this community thinks of Westridge Church, I want them to think of generosity. I want them to think of integrity. I want them to think of love. I want them to think of a church that is committed to strong Bible teaching. But I want them to think of grace. I want them to think that this church is a true reflection of a very gracious God. Second word I want you to write down is grow. Love and grow. In Acts chapter 5 verse 42 gives us a beautiful picture of what the very first church was actually like. It said every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. In other words, the very first church gathered together corporately, but they also chose throughout the week to do life together in community. And that's my challenge to you this morning. My challenge to you is to embrace doing life together. Right now, as I said earlier, we have about 62% of our overall church population involved in a small group. My goal, my dream is by the end of 2015, I'll be able to stand up in front of you and say, we now have 75% of our total population involved. We have groups, listen, we have groups for couples, we have groups for women, we have groups for men, groups for singles, groups for young adults, group, group, care groups. I know sometimes groups can be intimidating to you. The thought of sitting in a circle with 15 other people makes you nauseated, all right? But we have also developed over the last couple of years what we're calling mid-sized groups. And in February, we're getting ready to kick off uh, groups that have about 40 to 50 people in them. We call them starting point groups. Just an opportunity for you to get just the basics of the Christian faith, to get to know some people that you don't, you've never met before, to get a little taste of what it could be like to do a community with other people. And you can get signed up for that this morning. The second thing is, I want to challenge you in 2015 to get into God's word. Here's a, here's a website I want you to write down. It's a tough one www.bible.com. It used to be called uversion.com. I think it still is, but they, they actually somehow or another got that website. That is amazing. But you know what? Here's what some of you do when it comes to Bible reading plans. You get into the year, a new year, and you go, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read the entire Bible through this year. And then you get into a book called Leviticus. And everything tanks or you make it all you get to numbers and you're like whoa what's up with all these numbers and god counting all this stuff god's into numbers yes listen start with a shorter plan take seven days finish it go i finished it then go to 30 days if you've never done it before maybe if you've been doing it for years you know where to start you know where to end but just take it in chunks get into reading the bible all right you want to know god's heart for your life It's found right here in this book. Do you want to know his plan for your life? Do you want to know the answers to life's questions? Do you want to get to know the Jesus of the Gospels? Get into this book. It's all found right here in this Bible. Learn to love this book. Over the next few months, we're going to be doing a couple series. One is uh, on the questions that Jesus asked people. Another one is we're going to be going through the book of Ephesians, one of my favorite books in the Bible. You're going to get a chance to get your hands around a book of the Bible. Third thing become devoted to prayer. We have several prayer opportunities going on in this church throughout the week. Our men pray together every Thursday morning at 6 30 in the morning. Our ladies get together and pray every Thursday morning um, at at 10 o'clock to 11 30. Our staff prays together throughout the week for you individually. Our, Our elders get together once a month. I just want to encourage you, we, to be a people of prayer, not just individually, but corporately. I remember as I went through Liberty University and even as I worked at Thomas Road Baptist Church, Jerry Falwell used to say constantly, nothing of eternal significance happens apart from prayer. And I agree with that totally. This past October, I came to my staff and I said this, guys, I believe that God wants us to pray for 600 people to be saved this year. We were way off that number. And I just, I prayed for it every morning. I prayed for it throughout the day. Uh, Before Christmas Eve, I actually, our staff walked, we prayed all over this auditorium. I touched every chair in this in this room, prayed over every chair. Eighty-five people got saved on, uh, on Christmas Eve, and we ended up the year with 610 people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. I could, I could stand up here for the next several hours and just tell you an incredible story, one right after the other, that could only be attributed to prayer. Mark Batterson says, prayer is the difference between the best that you can do and the best that God can do. Fourth thing, let's choose to live generously. I've shared some stories with you of how God has allowed us to bless others as a result of your generosity, but there's so much more for us to do. In this next year, we wanna be able to take uh, some building space that we have around here and convert it into an amazing place for us to be able to minister to our children and young adults with, with special needs, our breakaway crowd. Um, God has, what God's done is not only has He allowed us to, to minister to these families on Saturdays, but many of them have made this their church home on Sundays. And we want to be able to, to create designated space that will be an awesome place for us to minister to those, those folks in the best way that we know possible. We, we have some new endeavors we want to tackle in Burkina Faso and Guatemala. We'll talk about more of those later. This past year was all about getting our existing ministries uh, to where they could just simply operate. Now we want to be able to look at those ministries and say, listen, start to innovate. Start to do things that are creative. Our kids deserve the best we can provide them. So do our students. We want to be able to say yes, to continue to say yes to the people in our community that are struggling, not just at Christmas time, but throughout the whole year. Let me just give you a little 10-year vision. How's this? Every time I look in that parking lot out there, there's a reason why that parking lot's not paved. Some of you may be going, why don't they pave this parking lot? Because we're going to build a student center out there one day. And my prayer is to see that in the next 10 years. We're going to, we need to expand our children's space because we've run out of children's space. I actually ran out a few years ago. I want to build a community center, whether it's on this property or somewhere out in the community. A place where we can truly minister to the needs of the less fortunate in this community. A place where they can go and just get help. All right? I also want to pay off the current debt of this building. I know that for some of you that excites you, some of you don't care, but... To be able to be debt-free with this building would be just an amazing boost to what we could do as a church. I also want to train out and send a hundred church planners out of this church in the next 10 years. See, generosity is a weapon. Generosity is a weapon for advancing God's kingdom. Think about this. That was the mark of the early church. They, They imitated the loving generosity of God and the world was amazed. They sold their fields. They laid their proceeds at at the apostles' feet, just basically saying, use this however you want. Use this for whatever we need to do. They cared for the sick, risking their own lives, caring for people who were infected by plagues. They took up offerings for the needy. And as they did all of that, what happened? The kingdom advanced rapidly. I want to ask you when it comes to generosity to start living your life with open hands, Open your hands up in front of God. Open your heart up in front of God and say, God, I'm all in. All in, all out for the all in all. You take this one and only life that you've given me and let's see what you can do. I've seen enough of what I can do with it. I want to see what you can do and get ready to be blown away. I want you to join me in praying for a number, 12 million. It's the number that we set in November 2013, two-year experiment of generosity that $12 million would come in over two years. We're closing in, you know, obviously in this next year. November it ends. And I'm asking God to, to allow us over two years to raise $12 million. Overall budget, being able to just blow people away with generosity. The fifth thing is this. I want you to choose to get healthy in the year 2015. 2010, God put it on my heart to pray for healthiness. I mean, 2010 numerically, we were, it was one of the best years we've ever had as a church. And God encouraged me just to pray for healthiness. I couldn't get away with, away from it. I'm looking around going, I think we're healthy. But I just kept feeling, pray for healthiness, pray for healthiness, dig into it. And so I started to pray for our staff healthiness, our church healthiness, our financial healthiness. I mean, you name it. How did God answer those prayers? Well, he took me through one of the toughest seasons I've ever been through in my life. It was a season of purging. I don't know if you've ever gone through a season like that, but purging is painful. It hurts. But if anything is going to grow, sometimes it has to be pruned and purged. In the midst of all of that, God in his wisdom led Amy and I to write a book on healthiness to couples involved in ministry. You want to challenge the strength, the healthiness of your marriage? Write a book with your spouse, all right? (laughs) But in 2011, God began to tackle the issue of staff healthiness at Westridge Church. It was a painful year. 2012, God... Uh, tackled the issue of church body healthiness, and we helped populate a lot of other churches in our area. Just a different way to expand the kingdom, but we did it. Um, it was a tough season. And during 2011, uh, 2012, Amy and I, as a result of a lot of things that were going on, and you know, just that season, we brought a counselor into our lives. And a guy, we, we just met with him a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, just, we need a tune up. You know, tell us how we're doing. Why? Because we're committed to healthiness. 2013 was the year of financial healthiness. And for the first time in several years, we actually finished our fiscal year in the black because of your generosity. But in 2013, God began to speak to me about something else, my own physical healthiness. Some of you have noticed over the last uh, little while that uh, I've lost some weight. Um, I was a college athlete, and I've always been into exercising and eating healthy. uh, But my schedule, quite honestly, and my boy's crazy schedule, just had me stuck in a rut. And so in 2014, I said, it's time to get serious about getting in shape, and so I dropped a, a few dress sizes, and, uh, and I want to tell you something. I, I feel probably as good as I felt in years. Some of you are wondering, how did I do that? I just set a target weight. I walked or ran 10,000 steps a day, and I just decided I'm going to burn more calories every day than I consumed. and I'm not, listen, I, I realize that some of you struggle here. I'm not trying to make light of this, but it's something that God put on my heart to do, and he's allowed me to be able to, to tackle that. And as a result, I've been able to, you know, encourage some other folks to do that as well. Here's the deal. This summer, I turned 50 years old. I know I don't look that old to you, all right? <laughs> um, but last night, you know what? I said, if I'm going to get serious about this, I'm going I'm to tackle this in whole new ways. So last night, I signed up for my first half marathon that I'm going to run in a few months. Um, and I've just decided... I've just decided I'm going to tackle my 50s like a beast, all right? Here's my dream for you. I don't know what step God's calling you to take in healthiness, but my prayer for you is that you'll just take it. Whether it's marital healthiness, whether it's financial healthiness, personal healthiness, spiritual healthiness, or physical healthiness. I want, for, I want God to be able to use every single one of you just to the maximum. But in order to do that, some of you have got to take some steps to get healthy. And I'm asking you to just do whatever you have to do. Do whatever. My personal goal when it comes to healthiness, overall for my life now, is to finish strong. I want to finish ministry strong. I want to finish personally strong. I want to finish with that one woman over there. I want to finish strong. I want to finish physically strong. However God has me here. You know, it used to be just a win, 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 win. I just want to finish strong. And I want that to be the goal for all of us, that we finish strong, finish strong, but you got to get healthy. Number three, serve. I want to challenge you to unwrap your spiritual gift and to get on a team, to become part of Team Westridge. In the past few months, I I made some secret visits to our middle school and children's ministry area, just sat in a corner in the dark, and I just watched what was going on. I've spoken in our high school and young adult ministries. And I'll tell you something, great things are happening in all four of those areas. But there's a glaring need in every single one of those ministries, including our preschool area, It's just, we need some new team members. We need more great workers. I I believe with all my heart, our preschoolers, our children, our students, our young adults should get the very best, and they should get our best workers. Starting um, this this next year, over the next few months, we're going to be starting a brand new Sunday morning opportunity for our sixth graders. I know for some of you uh, parents with sixth graders, it scares you to death to put your sixth grader in with eighth graders. I get that, Okay. So we're gonna be starting a brand new endeavor on Sunday mornings just for our sixth graders. But we gotta have some great workers to join Team Westridge to be part of that, all right? The last word, share. Write down the word share. Let's live our lives to advance God's kingdom. According to Gallup, Gallup survey, 1948, 91% of Americans identified with a Christian faith. 1989, 82, uh, 82%, 1999, 84%. 2010, 78%. 2012, the last time that I saw it was taken by Gallup, 77%. America is now the third largest mission field in the world. And with each age group, the percentages decrease. We are losing major ground in the age groups below 30 and below. That's why we've started our young adult ministry in this next year, just to do our best to try to tackle that problem. June 1st, I'm going to celebrate 27 years of full-time ministry when I look across the landscape of the church in America, to, to, to steal a sports phrase, I see a church as a whole that is just simply stuck playing defense. We're, we're, we're playing not to lose. In sports, we call that a prevent defense. I believe God wants the church, and I believe he wants Westridge Church, to stay in offensive mode. All right, I, I believe God is calling for a full court press. He wants us to play to win, to force the issue. We don't want to sit around waiting for the game to come to us. As a church, we want to take the game to them. How are we going to do that? I want to encourage you in this next year, let's live on mission together. I want to challenge you to turn your life outward, to begin to look at your job, your kid's ball field, your gym, your neighborhood, whatever it is, wherever it is that you hang out, look at it as a mission field. I want to challenge every small group in this church to turn outward, Listen, when it comes to groups, we're doing a great job when it comes to gathering. We got the fellowship community aspect down. We're doing a better job when it comes to to even studying the Bible together. However, you want to pour some energy, you want to pour some excitement into your small group? Turn your group outward and get on mission together. Here's what's going to happen if you don't do that. You will become like a little old traditional church where you just sit around and complain about everything. And honestly, we have enough of those in this community around us. Don't add to that number. Plus, you miss out on on the amazing opportunity to to see and experience life change firsthand. We need to gather and scatter, not just on sunny mornings, but in our small groups. Second thing, get involved in one of our community outreach projects. When community makeover comes around, when Hope for Christmas comes around, get your whole family involved. What an amazing opportunity to show our kids an opportunity to serve those around us. Number three, I want you to pray for our church planning endeavors. A few years back, Westridge was recognized as one of the top reproducing churches in the country. We believe God has called us to take that to new levels. Listen, God showed me back in 2003, he did not put this church in Dallas, Georgia, in the middle of the Atlanta area, to be just another big box I am asking God with all my heart to let us impact the starting of 10,000 new churches. And then I want to ask you to go on a cross-cultural missions trip. Here's my dream. I want to see this church sending out a, a team to a country we're involved in, one team every month, to the place where it gets to two teams every month, 24 times a year. Listen, we have been chosen. You're here this morning. We've been chosen to be ambassadors of his kingdom. We've been actually given a royal charge to make a difference, not for our sakes, but for his sake. 1 Peter 2, verse 9 says, But you're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. In other words, we have been called to share what God has done in our lives. Not to hide it but to shine our light, to advance his kingdom, to be actual agents of life change. That's our calling. That's our mandate. That's our commission. And I know I've given you a lot to chew on this morning. But my question for you is, where, where does God want you to engage? What little tweak, what little shift, what little, little change does he want you to make in this next year? I mean, what, what could happen if you just took a step? If you just said, you know what, I'm no longer playing defense with my marriage, I'm going on the offense. I'm not going to be offensive, I'm going on the offense. We're going to get healthy here. What if I just, what if I went on the offense when it came to my own spiritual health, my my own emotional health, my own physical health, my involvement in God's church? my involvement in doing life together with others? What if I just said, I'm I'm gonna make some changes in this next year? What if I actually adopted this phrase? I'm gonna be all in and all out for the all in all. Listen, God's called every one of us. He didn't just call Joshua and over a couple million people to consecrate themselves. He's called all of us as followers of Jesus to consecrate ourselves, to set ourselves apart, to set ourselves apart so he could use us in this lifetime to just do amazing things in our life, to see amazing things happen in this lifetime. And I don't know how many years you're gonna be given. I expect to outlive every one of you. I just want you to know that. (laughs) My prayer for you is that you don't get to the end of your life and say, oh, I wish I could have done more. I wish God could have used me more, but I just couldn't because I hung on to this or I wouldn't let go of that or I closed my fist with this. My prayer for all of you is that there was a moment in your life where you not only received Christ to be your Savior, but that you also got to the place where you put your hands in front of God and said, God, I'm all in. Here's Here's a blank check. You write in whatever you want, and then you cash it, and I'll live my life following whatever it is that you reveal for me to follow. I promise you, your life will not be boring. It's gonna be tough. There'll be challenges. I promise you that but you're getting ready to go on a ride, an adventure. My prayer is that you'll, every single one of you will get to that place in your life where you'll do that. Let's pray together.